Welcome to episode 138 of the Daniel Yours podcast with today's guest, Mark Carboni. Let's go. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Joined here today by Mark Carboni. Mark, thanks for being here. I really appreciate your time. It's a pleasure to speak with you, CEO of PN Medical. Hey, Daniel. It's a pleasure to be here. It's a really interesting topic. When I first, you know, kind of came across your your name and your company, I was like, oh, this breathing thing is something that I talk about often. And it it very often gets dismissed. And I'm sure that you've come up against this as well in, in your career and your time with, with PN Medical is that, you know, breathing seems like this overly simplistic thing. We all breathe. Everyone does it. If you're not breathing, you're, you're not uh, alive. And so it's like, well, why would I need help with this? Is that something that you've really come up to, you know, butt against and, and something that you're really trying to overcome is really just letting people know the importance of actual breathing properly? Yeah, great question. Well, you know, we started this category 44 years ago, the respiratory muscle training category, and ours is actually combined because it's both sides of the breath are different and they do different things, of course. So, um, you know, being around here this many years with 2 million patients now, there is a lot we've learned. And what I've learned when I joined, when I took over the company eight years ago, eight and a half years ago now, um, the company was primarily in the medical space for really severe chronic illnesses, COPD, asthma, stroke, spinal cord injury, all the things that affect the torso, you know, the, the diaphragm and everything around the thoracic cavity. But then fast forward, um, I realized, I said, hey, this is good for everybody because I saw the results that it has for anyone, you know, from age eight to 98 um, can benefit, of course, from optimizing the way they breathe and then using our our tools that actually target those, you know, around those 94 muscles of respiration and the 124 around posture. People don't realize you have that many muscles in the body that that dictate all, all that activity. So I said, hey, this is for everyone. And what I realized is that if you're not a pro athlete or if you're not highly compromised, that your doctor said, listen, you got to do this. I know you you can't breathe. You have trouble even standing up and walking for one minute is that if you don't have a big need, you're not going to you're not going to follow through. So what we've learned over the years is that um, everyone can benefit. And there are some little things that you can do now today. Um, and I'll share some of those today, some little one minute techniques and tactics that you'll instantly feel something by improving the efficiency of how you move oxygen and CO2. And, you know, last thing on that is that we need to realize two things, actually. It, over 88% of all adults have some form of dysfunctional breathing. We start out as belly breathers, as little children, as, as babies. And then as we get older, we start breathing higher and higher in the chest and into the shoulders. Well, that causes all kinds of parasitic, you know, you're hitting the sympathetic nervous system way too much when you're doing that. Um, so that many people, almost the whole world has some form of dysfunctional breathing that everybody can benefit from learning just a few of these techniques. I totally agree. One one thing that you mentioned there is respiratory muscle training. Now, most people probably don't realize that there is a very mechanical function to breathing. There are muscles that that contract and pull and push and, you know, move bones and parts of the body that allow air to come in. And that's a very, you know, overly simplistic way. My anatomy teachers would slap me in the head for, for, for saying it like that. But this is, you know, more or less what's what's going on. Can you, without going into you know too much anatomical detail, talk a little bit about the, the mechanics of breathing to help people understand just what is happening? And I think that will kind of set the stage for why breathing training is actually very important and useful to all people, not just people with, you know, severe dysfunction? Yeah, good question. Um, you know, at its, at its basic, let's just start with that gigantic muscle in the body, the diaphragm. It's like a giant parachute and it sits under the lungs and it's, and it's, and it's a regulator on many levels. If we just focus on that, um, if you can strengthen the diaphragm, a lot of things improve besides breathing and besides moving oxygen and CO2 more efficiently, you are going to also affect, like I said, posture. So at its core and at the simple level is that it's belly breathing. You know, you get, you put your hand on your stomach and feel your belly go in and out. 
it's not like it has to fully distend, but you got to feel that movement and feel the upward movement. And you don't breathe from the shoulders. You just notice, just let your belly go in and out, put your hand on it. And it's, and it's about that diaphragm. So the mechanics are, again, at its core, let's just focus on the diaphragm. If we can strengthen and build up the diaphragm, it, it affects us tremendously. Big improvements just from that. Right. And so I think just to maybe a little further explain that is like the diaphragm essentially, and you step in and correct me where I'm wrong here, Mark, but the diaphragm is going to expand your lungs. And so it is pulling down on the organs, which are your lungs and creating more space so that air can go inside them. And that's basically what, what, what breathing is. And so if the diaphragm is more efficient at doing that the same way, you know, you lift a, a dumbbell, you do bicep curls, like your bicep gets more efficient. The diaphragm is a muscle all the same. Now you can't lift weights with your, with your diaphragm, obviously, but you know, we'll talk about how to train it, you know, cause it's not the traditional strength training is not, doesn't work for your diaphragm, but that is more or less like what's happening and how, and how that gets trained, right. Or how, how it helped with breathing. Yeah. And just, just, you know, to give you just a, a bullet list of what, what the impact, how important it is for you. And, and we're talking, Let's not talk highly compromised or at the highest level of Olympics. So the rest of the world um, is that it affects anxiety. You know, it, it affects your blood pressure. You know, it has a positive effect on anxiety and blood pressure. It increases overall resilience. If you, if you are athletic, your lactate threshold, you hit that slower. Your stamina goes up, affects your VO2 max, your HRV, which, you know, I don't know if everybody's tracking with that now. That's that is tremendous. If you can control your variable heart rate, it, it it is a predictor of longevity now. So VO2 max, lung capacity, and HRV are amazing predictors of how long you're going to live. And and you have to address that. And a better HRV affects sleep. So by by working and targeting those muscles of respiration, these are all the things that can positively be impacted. Right. Now before we get into discussing how the how the device works and how to actually go about training our breath, in, in your opinion, why do you think we start to breathe poorly naturally? No one's teaching us how to breathe right or wrong. We just you know tend as we get older to start breathing shallow breaths into our chest and our shoulders and we stop the natural belly breathing. Do you have any idea why we might be doing that? Well, you know, you take a breath, you know, over 20,000 times a day. And it is a great question. There are a number of, there are a number of answers, but again, this, the simple answer is that no one's technically trained you. So as a child, if you start doing yoga, if you, if you do really good yoga and, and you follow yogi that is really strong on breathing, well, you're going to, you're going to focus on that. You're going to um, continue to take deeper breaths we just, as we get older, we, we hit that shallow breathing. There's stress. When stress hits, anxiety, life hits us. Um, even at a young age, too, you just go into more of a sympathetic state and, and you're not in that restoration, restorative, you know, you're not in that restorative state. So um, it's just habit. You habitually keep on breathing in that way. And again, this most simple way is shallow breathing. And, and notice it when you're checking email, watch how you breathe. When you're checking email, you just start shallow. A lot of people just start shallow breathing. I know some of those emails cause that, cause that stress response, but, but over time we stop. And I know for women, it's always keep that belly in. You don't want to look fat. So I get it on the female side, whole psychological part of that is that you don't want the belly moving, got to look thin. Um, on the male side, I don't know. I think it's uh, I think it's more anxiety dri driven, and you just continually breathe in that improper function. That seems to make sense to me. Because if I think about what, like what, this, there's there's got to be many factors that are contributing to this. Were we doing this two thousand, three thousand, you know, five thousand plus years ago? Whatever humans were they starting to shallow breathe, or is it is it also a combination of because if it was always like that, then it wouldn't really be an issue. Like we would have adapted over time to be like, oh, this is just how we do it and this is okay. But obviously that's not the case. And so it, it seems to me like it's got to be some multifactorial thing and we can never, you know, pin our finger on, ah, that's the, that's the problem. But it's this multifactorial thing that's really just the cause of like 
you know, living in 2023 and, and you're surrounded by big buildings and, and bombarded by email and, you know, all of the stressors of, of regular life that cause us to have these shallow breaths, which is almost like a, a panic hyperventilation response, right? And that's why we're firing up our, our nervous system so much and so excessively, which is, which is just not good. And so therefore we need to be trained on how to not do that. Yeah, we're not getting to reset. We we are at least let's talk about where we are, you know, in in the developed world and it's happening in the in in other parts of the world too is that we're just on too much, you know? Everybody's mm-hmm. trying to get off the grid, everybody's trying to unplug. Well, there's a good reason, and there's a good reason why Steve Jobs and all the other and and the other guys never let their kids use their iPad or um, you know, or their or their smartphones because it it is addictive and it does affect you in really negative ways. It's positive, but there's a lot of negative too. Yeah, it just it's a it's a tool. It's not the the be all end all to the world. It's a tool, and used correctly, it can be it can do great things, and used incorrectly, it can do bad things. Just like any other tool that's ever been <laughs> that's ever been invented right we factor in yeah. you know modern times and what's happened over the past couple of years high stress economic stress you know the, the world is in chaos and like okay well all right that 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 adds up i don't i don't know very many people and you know i i'm in toronto and we had very severe lockdowns and there was a lot lot going on here and uh, I don't know many people who didn't suffer from some degree of anxiety and or depression during this time. And that is one of the main things that, that comes with breathing. And we're not saying that, hey, just do, you know, a few breath work things and your depression is going to be cured. Like, that's not what we're saying. It's just it's going to be one step in the whole thing. And it's certainly going to help in your process with whatever's going on in, in your life. And I think that that's a fair statement to, to make. Yeah. And, and note that, you know, we're hoping parts of COVID are behind us. Long COVID's not. Um, but it, it did affect us. The CDC said after COVID, t- over 20% of the human race is more anxious. So we actually, our, our baseline has gone up. So we baseline at a more anxious state. Well, that's not healthy. That's not healthy in any way. So it does affect us breathing. It's, it's funny. We, like I said, we've been around for over four decades and it's, and it's like we're a 40 year overnight success is that <laughs> since it hit, it caused an explosion for us because it be, people became aware of it. Right. And we were a big part of the solution post COVID. We did a number of studies. We just finished a long COVID study uh, with 2000 patients and we partnered with Mayo Clinic. They ran, they ran the study and the things we learned from that, um, that there has to be this reset, this autonomic reset. We all have to reset our autonomic system. And and we actually got two patents. We applied for two patents after what we learned from all these patients and all this data. That um, and, and what we also, what was interesting too, is that it helped, it humbled me too, because I didn't realize that yeah, we've got these devices that target your respiratory system and really strengthen it, really strengthen it much faster than you could do in any other way. But um, if you, you know, for athletics, if if you're squatting incorrectly, you know, there there is a way to squat, right? There's a bunch of different types of way to squat. But if you're doing it wrong, you're going to cause crazy injury, either immediate or long term. Same thing with um, learning to properly use respiratory muscle training devices is that you need to reset your breath. We all need a reset. I call it the great reset of breathing is that we just have to do, it's called a five, five routine and you do it for 10 minutes in the morning and 10 at night, do it for a week or two. And you got to just, you got to reset that autonomic nervous system. Again, since COVID it affected the entire globe. Okay. Well that we have to go to this reset. So it's just breathe in through the nose for five, breathe out for five do it for 10 minutes, just sitting still. Um, you know, we have a breather coach app that just coaches you through it, but you can do it yourself right now. You don't fall asleep. You need to stay awake while you're doing it. And it is just resetting that autonomic nervous system to get that breathing pattern back or for the first time since you were a child, actually get it back for the first time in 30 or 40 years. Um, real again, basic, very basic, just a five, five in and you know, five in for five out for five five or 10 minutes a day, twice a day when you feel, and you'll feel a change. You really will feel a change. 
I've loved and used a strategy very similar to that with myself and my clients. Almost all my clients go through a sort of breathing exercise as like a cool down the workout, which is, you know, essentially box breathing as, as it's called, right? Four in, hold for four, four out, hold for four and, and, you know, cycle and repeat. And, you know, there's a million ways to slice it up and what's right and wrong and whatever, but it's all kind of getting at, getting at the same, uh, the same thing. And one of the biggest responses that I, that I get when I take someone through that for the first time is it's always like this. Wow, I didn't I didn't know it would be like that. I didn't unexpected to be like that. They kind of think I'm all this woo-woo guy, like oh, making me breathe and whatever. Like we were just squatting and whatever. And now we're just breathing. I'm like, yeah, but y- you haven't taken a conscious breath in maybe your whole life. And so this is like a really big deal. I say that like somewhat profoundly, but it's actually true. Think of the last time people listening. When was the last time you took a conscious breath? It's maybe never for real. And and so being able to do that is, is a huge skill. And just back to the COVID stuff, anecdotally, I'll, I'll say for my own self and, you know, speaking on behalf of me, um, when I had COVID, one of the things among other things that I did was a very similar breathing exercise to what you did and, or what you were, what you were describing where I was outside breathing in and luckily I was near, near an ocean, um, at the time, but I was just breathing in, holding my breath, being very conscious about holding and, and forcefully exhaling and inhaling and just really working on that mechanics. Like, Hey, I don't want to lose this ability and I've have experience with that with my knee and with other injuries in the past, but it's, it was the same kind of thing. It's like, Hey, I've got to practice this skill so that I keep it as strong as I, as I can keep it during this time. And, you know, I had symptoms for two days maybe, and then that was it. Um, and, and I would contribute to this breathing exercise to part of, you know, why I had such little, uh, trouble with it and no long COVID issues either. Right. And now, Again, this is a one of one, you know, anecdote and there's a lot of other factors going on there, but I I don't think it's something that should be dismissed. And it's again, because it's been weakened the same way any other muscle or part of your body is weakened, you've got to strengthen it up again consciously and and with with a consistent effort to be able to heal it again. Otherwise, you know, it's just going to be the way that it is right now for forever. And if you don't like that, then you've got to change. You've got to change something about that. Exactly. So let's talk a little bit about more of how the how the device works and and how it helps um, how it helps to actually train our breathing. Now you mentioned that the, the the five five system. How does the device work to to help with that and make it easier, more efficient, simpler for for people? Sure. Well, anyone that's watching, um, I'll take out the athletic one, the breather fit. So this is it in the case. And what you're doing is it's creating a load on your respiration. So on, on inhale and exhale, it's creating an independent load. There are separate dials on each side and real basic. And when you're starting, it's funny, a lot of people you'll see, like you said, um, after like mid sixties, a lot of people never take a full breath again in their life and, and they don't even realize it. So you're just slowly suffocating. You think you're dying from something else, but you just continually are not taking, you're not transmitting and moving that oxygen and CO2 efficiently. So the device, you know, it's a handheld device hooked in in no drugs. It's just simple. You're just training. It's like a gym for your lungs and your heart. That's what it is. So you put it in your mouth. You usually do two to three sets in the morning, two to three sets at night. And if you're on a strength protocol, you do it six days a week. If you're on an endurance or sustaining protocol, you do it a lot less. So, um, but again, if you don't use it, you lose it. So your respiratory muscles do lose their abilities. They get weaker if you're not activating them. So you have to do it. So you put it in your mouth. I'll, I'll do a couple breaths so you can hear it. Mm-hmm. And your hand on your belly and you're focusing on your diaphragm. And that that's key. So you're making sure that's moving. And here we go. Real basic and and depending again what you're doing it for strength recovery endurance depends on the protocol it's a couple minutes morning couple minutes at night and it has it has an effect that we've seen with over 2 million people, it's pretty, it seems simple, but again, it works. Yeah, it is simple. And the simple things that do, do work. And, and that's in all of health and fitness really. Now it sounds like, um, and, and watching you do it, you're, you're breathing in and out, uh, pretty forcefully. Is that, is that 
because that's the athletic device, which I would assume is like a little bit more resistance and the more non-athletic device is a little bit less that it wouldn't require that much force? Or is that just how it, how it's supposed to be? Yeah, we call it in the zone or in the flow. When you're in the zone, there has to be, you have to feel like you're working out. You, there, It has to feel like there's a little bit of um, pressure being applied, just like lifting weights. Uh, it's It's that same principle you're not, this is a smooth muscle. It's not like you're going to fully load it and go to a hundred percent, which a lot of people do. A lot of athletes think go harder, harder, harder. That is not the case. Um, you want to get to about a 70%, maybe 80%, um, capacity when you're using it. Um, so that when you're done, you feel, you felt it, you feel, you feel something physically, uh, but, but you're not where you can't talk. You don't, you don't push yourself to that level. Right. Now, as far as athletics, there have been products in the past, I don't know if they still exist now, we don't need to name any names, that are that are focused on, um, you know, you wear it while you exercise. And the thought was that it's making it harder to breathe or simulating altitude or, you know, these kind of claims, which, you know, whatever. Um, but your device wouldn't be something that you would wear while you're training. Now, my understanding, and, and again, I'm you know, going to kind of get your opinion on this, is like, if you're making your training harder, well, your training is just less effective while you're training your breathing. So it's like, just do your sport practice or your lift or, you know, whatever it is, and then train your breathing separately from that rather than trying to train your breathing. Like you can't, you already, you're lifting, you're not even breathing properly. And then you're going to make it harder to breathe. It's just not just doing nothing for you and probably doing worse. So is that, does that sort of make sense and why you designed the device in this way to be used independently of training? Yeah, well, this is its own form of training, but there are benefits if you have it in your mouth while you're doing certain types of training. So there are some, and you know, next year we're we're launching a connected device. So as soon as you put it in your mouth, it can predict an exacerbation 14 days before you know, or it can it helps you train. So are you ready, getting ready for competition, or you're just going to go present, or you just whatever it is you're trying to, whatever your goal is, it will help you get to that goal. But um, you think of it this way, it, it's its own routine and you need to isolate all those muscles of respiration and posture and you do that alone. Now, um, altitude training, the best thing to simulate altitude is actually altitude. You can't just make <laughs> the blood thinner, right? Because that's what happens. Now, um, chambers, which we're, we we use, we use chambers so you can you know get into the chamber and simulate or get into get to 20,000 or 15,000 feet. Uh, but um, yes, having your mouth does have benefits. There are, there are certain times when you do. And what's interesting, we're going to start launching next month. We're going to have a free class, a free show where we have a recognized, um, we have recognized athletes and, and, and people going through this and going over why, why you should have it in your mouth or not. So this is interesting. You asked this question is that there are all kinds of different ways to, hit whatever it is, the goal that you're trying to hit. Right. Now, I guess as an extension of this, is there any, or what are the major differences between breathing through your mouth and breathing through your nose? I know this has kind of been like a, people in the breathwork world have all different opinions and it doesn't matter, or you only breathe through your nose. Like I've not really heard people that say you should only breathe through your mouth, but where do you stand on it? Like where, 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 what's, what's real about whether we should be breathing through our nose or mouth or does it matter at all? Yeah, that's a good question. You need to be breathing through your nose. You train for a few minutes twice a day through your mouth, but you cannot you cannot train all those muscles through your nose. There's no way you could create the pressure necessary. So it's like the reset breath. That's through your nose. So the benefits of nose breathing are tremendous. It must be done. You must try to do it all the time. You know, put mouth tape on and try to sleep with your mouth closed. So got to keep that mouth closed as much as you can. But when you're in that few minutes of training during the day, that's, that's with your mouth. That's the only way to trigger and activate properly those muscles. But all the other times during the day, try to be a nose breather as often as you can. Got it. And, that, and that's mostly because you can take in more air through your mouth than through your nose. So when you're training, you're breathing, you're trying to you know maximize your breath volume. I don't know if that's the correct term, but you're trying to maximize your, your breath. And so you can do that through your, through your mouth much 
easier than you can through your nose. And I'm sure just like device and, you know, mechanically, it's a lot easier to do something <laughs> through your mouth and plugging up your nose and, and doing it that way. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's, there's been something, and I'm not sure if you know this and we're kind of maybe going a little bit off topic. We don't spend any time on it really, but, um, people who breathe through their mouth at night end up having a, you know, true or false here, <laughs> end up having like kind of a, a very small, not very pronounced chin, which leads to then further breathing issues. Is that, and if you don't know the answer, like that's, that's totally fine. But is that something that you guys are kind of focusing on as far as another use for the device at all? Well, um, for sleep apnea and snoring, it's been doing that for 44 years. We just, so we are, and we just, we finished a sleep study two years ago. Haven't published yet. I think it's going to get published pretty soon. Uh, the sleeping with your mouth open, it's just not good. I mean, I could list off 10 or 15 reasons why you should not do it. Um, but what's interesting using our device is it does, it does strengthen everything around the larynx area. And that, again, that really matters. That helps with, um, the flow and, and stopping the palate from dropping. Um, so it's really important, but again, mouth breathing at night is not good. Right. Yeah. I totally agree. I've not, I've not been a, been a mouth breather, but you know, whenever you, you get a cold or something like that, your nose is stuffed up and you're forced to breathe through your mouth. It's just like for a couple of nights, it's never, it's never a good feeling. And it's one of these things yeah. where I don't think we need a ton of like hard science to figure this out. Like go outside, plug your nose, try breathing through your mouth for a little bit, see how that feels. It feels like crap. And then, you know, don't do that anymore. Like that's, that's the end of the, of, I think the, the science that we, that we need for that. Well, James Nestor, who wrote the book breath, everybody should read it. It, it is the number one book in, in our field right now. I'm writing a book right now on some other topics, really getting granular at, at, um, use cases, but, um, his book is amazing. It just, it's just a, it's a quick read and he's an investigative reporter. And I just highly recommend everybody read that book. If you have not read it yet. Yeah. That, I've, I've not heard of it, but I'll, um, I'll, I'll put it in the show notes here and I'll, I'll pick it up as well. Um, yeah, I, I just, it's just drawing more awareness to this, right? It's like people just really don't, don't understand. And so what are some of the other, maybe more medical implications that, that the breathwork will have. Well, you know, we talked about blood pressure, but maybe let's go into that a little bit and how, how, how does breathing affect your blood pressure? And that's a very general, big question, but like, how does, how does this, how are these things related? Yeah, great. Uh, you know, we've got, we're starting a study on smoke cessation. We're about to finish a weight loss. We did blood pressure, um, NATO fighter pilots, army rangers, COVID resilience, um, on and on, we've got such a vast array of of different populations of people that we are studying how they breathe and the impacts of it. So, blood pressure—it's interesting when you are, you know, when you're down regulating. Well, that affects your that affects your blood pressure. So, when you are using the device, you know, you can decrease systolic by up to seven percent and diastolic blood pressure by three percent. That matters. And your endothelial function improves too. So it's, again, it's, it's, it is a big impact on blood pressure and blood pressure is on the rise, actually. Um, interesting on weight loss. Uh, that one's really interesting. We're almost, it's almost concluded and I've been seeing some of the results and we're just focusing on obesity right now because we have to, cause it's 30 plus, uh, Amer 30 plus percent of all Americans are now classified as obese it's probably a little higher. Yeah. So they don't exercise. And what's happening is, and the pressure, all that weight, the load on the lungs is tremendous and on the heart. So they are not taking full breaths and it is just, it, it just um, spirals out of control. So, and they're not working out. So by just doing the RMT, using the device during respiratory muscle training, that could be the only form of physical training they're doing that day. And they're doing it twice a day. So the adherence is higher because they, it's not as difficult to go to the gym or go lift weights. Nothing wrong with it. You got to get up and walk. You got to be moving. But if you're not moving, this is almost like <clears throat> it's like a shortcut. I don't want to call it a shortcut, but it is a easy way to get yourself having some positive results, some positive movement. Um, and that's what we're seeing is that it is affecting their quality of life. 
which affects their um, happiness and and affects depression and and you just feel like yes I'm feeling something something positive is happening and then it it affects I don't have any data on this yet but we do feel it affects their diet that they're like let me let me just eat a little better today because I'm feeling better and I'm feeling some results I'm losing some weight and I'm and I'm and my brain is operating better you know uh, dementia is big for us we're studying that there's 70 plus forms of dementia. And if and so many of them are related to oxygen, it's, it's just you're not getting enough or you're not getting in the right places. So when you are moving that oxygen around, it affects it in a positive way. I think it's actually a much bigger deal than we in the fitness community kind of give it credit where it doesn't matter. I mean, we say this as a cliche, but then it's always like, oh, you know, go to the gym and, you know, diet and all this stuff. But like, it doesn't actually matter where you start, especially if someone is very obese. Like, you're right that they may not be able to even go for a walk for more than five minutes. They, they probably can't get to the gym. And so starting with a breath exercise, like, are they going to, you know, breathe their way to losing 400 pounds? Like, probably not. But if it's the thing that gets the ball rolling and you start to feel a little bit better, and then so, you know, maybe one day you you make a, you choose water instead of pop, or the next day, you, you know, you choose a better food instead of a junk food. Like, it's just something that gets the ball rolling and like positive action breeds more positive action in the same way that negative action breeds more negative action, right? Like when you're not eating well, you also feel like skipping the gym and you feel like, you know, being shitty to your spouse and not doing a good job at, at work. And like, it's just this downward spiral. When you start doing good stuff, you start to do more good stuff. And so if we start that process by, by breathing, the most fundamental human thing that we can, that we have, that's a, that's a phenomenal way to do it. And it's like very, very barrier free. There's not really anyone who can say like, ah, I can't, I can't be doing this. Even if you have, you know, name your respiratory issue, like you should definitely be doing this and you just do it at a scaled down version on a different device, maybe in a, in a different way, maybe, you know, whatever, speak with your doctor and figure out the best, you know, aspect or the best training methodology, I guess, programming that you, that you can, that you can do. And, and you do it that way, but wherever you start is great. And you can continue to sort of just like just build from there. And it's just the most fundamental human thing that we, that we have access to is breathing. hundred percent. You're right on. This is another thing with, with yoga. I think that people miss a lot, especially in like the West is that yoga is not about stretching and like doing, you know, whatever movements like yoga is, is about breathing and it's about meditation and, and the exercise physical part of it just facilitates that. But if you go to any good yogi or yoga instructor, they're t telling you when to breathe in, when to breathe out. And that's what allows you to get into those movements. We, we talked about strength training before and like, yeah, there's a right way to squat and there's a lot of ways to do it, but everyone breathes a certain way to maximize their performance. So, you know, a lot of people listening to this might not have severe issues or, or, or you know, some sort of respiratory issue, but if you can breathe better, you can perform better kind of in, 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 in every aspect of your life. Are there any kind of like, this would be again, very anecdotal and whatever, but people who start, start with the breath work and then they have this, you know, massive career transformation. I started making all this money. I started the breath work and I started doing, do you have any, any stories like that? I'm sure that they exist, but they, they would be hard to, hard to, to find probably. Well, what's funny, I, I came from Fortune 100. I've been a serial entrepreneur and then I went to Fortune 100 world and um, the founder of the company, Peggy Nicholson, my mother-in-law, she was selling the company nine years ago and I'm like, whoa, you're onto something. This is special what you're doing. Let me, you know, let me buy the company from you and, and she sold it to me. So what got me to leave uh, a great career is, uh, the stories. I mean, the stories of, of just, and you know, it goes down to, um, the simple thing of being able to walk for somebody highly compromised who has COPD, being able to walk to the mailbox, things like that. Um, it changes their life. And then now that we've created this new breather recover device, and it was primarily for flu pneumonia and, uh, COVID recovery, they look at that as hope because the doctors have given up on people with long COVID and it's millions. It's the numbers are scattered. It's 10 to 40% of anyone who's had COVID has some form of long COVID. 
that still lingers, um, the weakness, the, the low energy, all the other symptoms. And, you know, it, they call it hope because it's either take more drugs and pharma is just really, I mean, they're just all over us now. It's like, it's crazy how much pharma is changing the landscape of the world, especially in medicine. Um, and no, this is a non-drug solution. And, and it's at the base, at the core, what we all can do for free is just breathe a little better, just be, breathe more efficiently. And I, I talk like that, but again, for anyone listening, just, just do a five, five or a four, four, just breathe in through your nose for four or five and breathe out and just do that for a couple minutes and do deep breathing from the belly. It's a deep breath from the belly. Just watch what happens just from that simple process. And then there's a real hack that works like when you're in a heated convert, when you're about to get in a heated conversation with spouse or kids or at work, or you're really nervous about a presentation about to happen. There's one quick one and you feel it instantly. It's one breath. It's just a deep inhale through the nose and then an exhale with a sigh. You got to, you got to activate the vagus nerve that activates it, it more. It stimulates that vagus nerve a little bit more and it, and it really works. It's just, if anyone listening or watching, just do that right now. Watch, there's an instant release in your brain just from, what was that? Four seconds, five seconds. Yeah, the, the techniques are so, so fast and so easily applicable. And, and you know, like I said before, you don't need a ton of science to figure this stuff out. Like, just do it and see if it works. The the harm is zero. The downside is absolutely zero. You waste four seconds of your life if you, if you didn't, if you didn't, if it doesn't work. And, you know, it, and it will work because it works for, for everyone. So it's, 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 a, it's honestly a shame that more people don't, don't engage in, uh, in some sort of breath work or some sort of breath training. And like you said, I think there's so many different ways to do it. And I don't know that universally, you know, you do a five second hold, a seven second hold, a 10 second hold, you do a longer exhale. I think there's different protocols for different implications. Some will be more excitatory. Some will be more restful. Some will be more, you know, different things, but for the most part, for general pe- general population, you'll know, just do any of them and <laughs> find one that feels like it feels good to you. And then, and then go from there. That's a great comment because we've experimented with about 50 different ways to um, do breath work. And at the end of the day, what we found is that because you're just being conscious of it, mm-hmm. you've actually made half, you've, you've gotten halfway there. The consciousness of paying attention to your breath. And if you're doing, you know, the most popular is the box. Um, and that was usually, that was typically in the, initially for snipers um, to learn, to focus the gun. Uh, but there are so many other techniques and all this has been done for a couple thousand years, uh, different breathing techniques. So just the conscious effort of focusing on your breath gets you so far and we've got a bunch of them you know i think we land on about 10 or 12 that we that we promote uh because it's we don't want to have overkill it is it is that effort it's just that conscious effort so good comment yeah i mean i've i've tried very many different breath work you know single nostril left nostril only this hold times two you know whatever tons of different things and like they're all good and, and if i I think the thing is this with a lot of them. If you believe it works enough, then then it works. And that that, that almost pains me to say, but if you, if someone says like, "Hey, this protocol is really good for like this very specific, like it's going to get you, it's going to make your squat heavier." If I believe that enough, like it probably will it probably will work. Now, whether that's repeatable and scientific, probably not. But it doesn't actually matter because it's because it's helping you and has zero downside. The, I think the fact is that it will help in some way and if you want to get into the specifics of like which protocol is better for some very specific situation, then you're just, you know, you're just throwing, you're blindly throwing darts and it doesn't really matter. Just if you believe it works, then it works for you. But this is, you know, just comes to the, again, the, the consciousness of it and, and it just being the most fundamental human thing that we, that we all have access to at, at, at all times. And it's going to help. It's, it's a shame that again, that we don't do this more because it's so old and none of these concepts are new. Across every single culture, across all of history, they've had various breathwork and meditation practices, and they call it different things, and and you know name it different stuff, and attach it to religion, and, and you know whatever. But it's really it's all it's all the same. And and now and now we have to you know make it in this way, um, you know somewhat commercialize it to make it a thing that people will will pay attention to, and that's just well, that's just a, the way the world works. 
Yeah, it's got to mean something. Like I said, when I started, I thought everybody should do it, but it was only people that must do it or or need to do it to win. Um, so you either need to win or you're trying to survive. But in the middle is is the rest of the human race, and you need a goal. You need there, it has there has to be a motivator. So if if sleeplessness and if blood pressure and anxiety, if those three things can't touch everybody, that it affects it in a positive way. All three that that's that's enough for everyone to just take notice and try. And you can drop off the wagon. It happens. Um, I do it sometimes. I don't use my device for two three months. Sometimes it's from sickness or from I just don't want to use it. I'm like I'm done with it for now. I'm I'm going to take a break. Um, same with working out. It's the same thing. So it it does affect serious functions in the human body, um, and and it helps with longevity. These things you want to. It's not that you want to live to 100. It's you want to have a good hundred years, right? Right. And that's what I focus on. I try to I try to help people have the life that they're going to have. Maybe it adds a few years. I'm not going to claim anything like that. But let's make those better years. Better cognition, more energy, uh, you know, uh, that stuff matters. Better sleep. I think that, that that's a great message just to, you know, hit the rewind button there for quickly and, 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 and for people to listen to who people who are listening to this who think that, you know, Mark's mentioned uh, special operations fighters and, and professional athletes and, you know, Olympics and fighters and all this stuff. And it's like, but I'm not that. I'm just like, just a regular guy. I have a job, I have a family. I'm just a regular guy. I'm not a not a special operations operator. I don't do these like crazy things, but it's like, but you do have to live your life to the best of your ability and be there for your family and be healthy and, and all the things. And that's why this stuff is important. So if you're if you've been listening and thinking like, ah, oh, this this is just not me. I'm just not that elite athlete. Well, like you you are a human and humans need to breathe no matter what. So that's that's the part that you really need to to listen to there. Mark, one thing that I noticed in there looking through your, your profiles that I really wanted to ask you about is that you believe in 10x thinking. What does that mean? What does that mean to you? Well, I'm applying it right now at the company. So personally, you know, I'm on this mission to crack the code on low energy, anxiety, and sleeplessness. And with some of the new science that we're developing, just because we have so much data on so many people um, from our app and from just all these years, is that I'm trying to I'm trying to move the needle there within the next hopefully six or seven years on on those three things that matter and affects and affects everybody at some point in your life or your entire life. So I'm trying to do 10x on that. But what I'm learning is that. If you want to reach more people, it's got to be easy and low cost, right? So that's that's the if you want to say that's the box I'm in, is that how can we solve this? Because you can solve it really expensively. There's a lot of things out there right now that the that the elite and the and the ultra rich do. Everybody's got a, you know, they've got a a, a cold plunge. They've got um, all kinds of different types of red light. They've got um, you know a hyperbaric chamber. Every all kinds of things. They're, they've all got it in their in their gyms now uh, but those things cost a hundred to like two three hundred thousand dollars to fully equip yourself with all that power um i i i'm trying to do it at like under a hundred bucks or under 150 dollars can you can you solve a lot of these things at a low cost and so you can reach more people and help more people yeah and and again this is just the fact of the world that we live in now, it's like we can sit here all day and tell people to breathe and they can do it for free and they can, you know, try and do it through a straw instead of buying a device. And like, you know, it might not be as good, but it might be better than what they're doing now. So it's like there's there's ways to get around this, but it just doesn't sink in for people. So we have to make it bigger than that, but not big enough that it's that it's unattainable or, or inattainable. And that's that's the challenge, I think, of all of like what I would classify as natural healthcare and, and fitness prevention is like, these things don't have to be expensive, but because they're not, they don't seem so sexy. And that, and that makes them like, and eh, just, you know, whatever. It's just another, just another thing. Those fitness guys talking about fitness stuff. It's like, yeah, but I don't do this because it's, well, I do do this because it's fun, but I don't only do this because it makes me feel good to, to talk about it. Like I do this because it, because it works. And then it's up to you whether you want to you know, use any of this stuff or, or not. Right. And that's, Oh yeah. Most of the disease that we fight now, the chronic disease and the exorbitant healthcare costs, those are all new diseases. 
They, these are all new ailments from the poor food that that they sell us to to the drugs they give us and the lifestyle that they ask us to follow to be mice. Um, go do this, go get a job, go buy a house and then die. I mean, we don't have to live life like that and, and we shouldn't. So, and take these drugs to quickly fix yourself. No, they don't work. Um, you know, a couple hundred years ago, pharma's new, you know, the Gates and the Rockefellers, I think, and I forgot who, you know, Bill Gates is a lot richer than people think. He comes from a lineage of the richest people on the planet. So this, this gentleman, this supposed do-gooder who's, who's trying to poison us right now, um, through the vaccine and he's buying up all the farmland he can around the world. This dude is a bad guy. He's an evil person. Uh, he's not doing good, everybody. So, you know, they, his grandparents, whatever, they helped invent pharma because there were natural remedies back in the day. There were tons of them. And, and, you know, the American Indians had straight teeth. They didn't have cavities. They had big jaws. So they didn't have sleep apnea issues. And on and on, you go back um, hundreds of years uh, all over the world, processed food helped us. Our jaws get smaller. Our faces aren't as full and strong looking because uh, we're eating all this mushy food that's that's really depleting us. You know, walk into 7-Eleven, that's a death sentence. <laughs> There's nothing in there you're allowed to eat. It's all bad, bad stuff for you. So, wow, that was pretty dark. Yeah, but it's true. <laughs> it, it, it does it does get dark quickly, and and I think it's also important to 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 go here sometimes because it just draws awareness to the thing, right? You know, a meme that I've seen multiple times, and I think it's great every time, is like, you know, my grocery store has a health food section, and like, so if that's the health food section, like, what is the rest of the food in there? Right? <laughs> yeah, and and it seems kind of silly, but if you actually think about it, it's like, yeah, well, what what is it? Like, why is there healthy well, whatever, and then there's just. Uh, other stuff. It's like, what is that other stuff? And why are we eating it? Like it's, it, it, when you actually think about what's happening with just like our lifestyle and the, the, the economics of it and why things are set up the way they are and who knows why and who's controlling it and all, you know, we go down the, the tinfoil hat conspiracy theory, but like where there's smoke, there's fire. Yeah. And all the conspiracy stuff, guess what? They're all true. Yeah. <laughs> They're not conspiracies. It's all true. So, um, listen, we just have to go back to what used to work thousands of years ago. You just take care of yourself. You, and you know, you study the blue zones, Netflix just has the new series and some of the blue zones are disappearing because processed food showed up and, Mm -hmm. and the culture, the fast culture showed up. Like the one in Japan is disappearing and these blue zones, you know, where people live past a hundred are fading away and it's just, it's common sense. It really is. Just eat what came out of the ground. Try to eat local. Um, try to do it yourself. And and don't add any sugars. Use everything natural that's just there occurring. And have a great social life, right? Um, have a good family life and friends and, and have a purpose. And and you'll have a great life. All, all the simple things, right? The, the, the How other- do we do it, though? Because I have to now go to like three more meetings today after, <laughs> after this podcast. And then I have to... And, and, uh, all these other things, our kids are athletes. So have being parents of athletes is not anyone who has kids that were athletes or are competitive athletes that have to travel all over the world. That is a tough life. There's a lot of things. So I struggle with catching my breath and actually having downtime and, and, you know, how do you juggle it all? Well, you know what? It's actually not very easy. Um, but we have to work at it. Yeah, I think that's the key. We we do have to work at it. Like I'm not willing to go live on, you know, an island in some small village and you know not have the internet. And I I'm not willing to do that. Now, if I wanted to live the longest, healthiest, you know, life possible, then yeah, maybe that would be the thing to do. But at the expense of of what? Not like all my friends and family are not going to also go do that. And all the people that I you know I'm not going to be able to watch sports. I'm not going to be able to do a whole bunch of other things that I that I enjoy doing. And so we trade that for enjoying like the time that we that we do have here, right? So I trade a couple of years of my life to enjoy my life, <laughs> which is doesn't seem like that bad of a trade. But but there is like a diminishing return to that, right? If I'm going to die at 50 years old because I you know wanted to you know do drugs and eat like shit and not exercise, like that's not that's not good. But if I want to die at 
100 instead of 110 or 105 and I get to be with my family and do fun things and go on airplanes and go on vacation and do fun you know fun stuff like I'll I'll probably make that trade I will make that trade right oh yeah yeah so there's there's a lot going on but I think the thing to remember is like we've had healthcare and a way of taking care of human beings for the entirety of human beings and that's a very long time only recently mm-hmm. have we had all this like you know, drugs and new stuff. And so if we think that that is the answer, like maybe we need to just like kind of peel it back a little bit and be like, okay, where can I start at breathing? Can, can we start with, again, the most fundamental human thing that we have is breathing. Can we start there? And then what else can we work on that is just fundamental to being a human being? And then all the other stuff is like, it's not all bad. There's some good that comes from it and whatever, but like apply it when it's necessary, not just all the time. Yeah, that's great. It's funny. Society's gotten so fast and so crazy and what's up is down and down and up that fundamentals mean more than ever. Like I teach my boys just to look people in the eye and shake their hand and ask something about them. Yeah. You know, young, young adults or children that do that is actually rare. I mean, I grew up with it, but people go like, what your kid, your kid just said hello to me and they weren't looking at their phone. Um, the, I mean, the basics of society is really being challenged right now and, uh, getting back to the fundamentals, like we're, we're getting, we're moving into a new house soon and it's going to, it's all about the garden. It's all about the garden that we're going to build the sustainable, really cool, um, where we're everything and, and we're teaching our kids, you know, little basics on farming and, and it, and it means something we're teaching them carpentry and I'm telling my kids, you don't have to go to college. They're very intelligent. Um, they can do whatever they want, but, um, but I'm like, Hey, you don't have to be in the rat race, uh, to choose what, and it's not about what makes you happy. It's about your purpose, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, happiness is, it can be short lived. It's like, are you, do you have a good purpose in life? And you know, our, what keeps us centered in this crazy world is the Bible. I mean, that's, we raise our kids in the Bible. It's got all the answers for us and, and it works for our family very well. It works for it's been working for thousands of years now. So that's, that's a big thing for us. I think that's a, that's a great point to make is that you don't have to be rich to be happy. You can, you can be rich and happy. You can be poor and be happy. You can be, you know, the CEO of a multi, you know, international multi-billion trillion dollar company and be happy. Or you can be, you know, an employee who works minimum wage and be happy. Like they're, 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 these are not all the same thing as long as you've got purpose in your life and you're doing something that is meaningful to you and to the people around you and you're a good person then then you can solve the other issues right so but you got to take care of the, the basics first and always yeah mark thank you very much for being here i appreciate your time this has been a great conversation i know we could keep going but we're a little we'll tight, tight on time so we'll be respectful of that um where can people find more about you more about the company if you want to rattle it off here i'll throw it all in the show notes but just let people know I'd say the easiest way is you just search for the breather. That's our main product, just the breather. If you search, you should find it um, or go to pnmedical.com, but it's easiest. Just search the breather. Okay. Awesome. I will put that in the show notes, the breather, PN medical, Mark Carboni, everybody. Mark, is there any last message that you want to leave the people with here in closing? I think that, um, you know, it's, it's great what you do, all the people that you affect and you help. Um, and you know, for me, it was just an honor to be on the show with you. So thank you. I appreciate it very much. And and I, and I appreciate you coming on here and sharing your knowledge with us. That's what the whole show was about is me just being a, you know, a vessel to, to hold the space for, for people like you to, to say, say your piece. So I appreciate your time and your, uh, and your efforts as well. Um, thank you very much for, for listening, everybody, Mark Carboni, PN medical search, the breather, you'll find everything you need to know about it. Um, and that's that. Share this episode with whoever needs to hear it, which is everyone because everyone breathes. <laughs> so share this with everyone in your life. You know who breathes. Um, five-star reviews, all that stuff helps the show go a long way, helps the message get out there. I appreciate it very much. Go outside, be a good person. See you next time.